Today on Verity Talk, we are going to break down critical race theory and see what the Bible says about it. This is Jordan Reese with Verity Talk. Alrighty, welcome to Verity Talk. Uh, three interesting things of the day. So, uh, my wife and I have been watching Boy Meets World or rewatching it, and this is probably one of the greatest shows ever made. And um, if you haven't watched it before, and if you have Disney Plus, or if you want to buy it on DVD, I guess, uh, it's a really good series to watch. And you might fight me and say, well, it was actually Saved by the Bell or Full House or Step by Step. Uh, sure. But Boy Meets World was, is a really good series to watch if you need something to either, if you haven't seen it or just to rewatch. It's cool and funny. It's hilarious. Um and number two, I have a, well, the story goes that I went through my front door one day and I go, why is there so many twigs on the floor? And in where I live, it was a little windy, but I told myself, why is there so many twigs and random things um, on my front doorstep? But then when I look up, there's this big bird with their nest just staring at me like into my soul. That's how... Um, you'll have to go on my Facebook page and see the picture, but I looked right up and there's this big mother bird just with her eyes looking at me. And at first, when we, I first discovered her above my store doorstep, uh, well above the front door, I just said, wow, this is cool. And there wasn't any babies, baby birds. And then this week is when we first saw two heads there was two heads there and they're alive which is good but it's just cool to see nature you know up close you see it on facebook or you see on youtube or you see videos and pictures of it but when it's where you live it's really cool to see and uh again if you want to see that it's on my facebook page uh jordan reese one uh and then number three I don't know if you've heard the goldie gummy fad that's happening right now, but the goldie brand has two gummies that you can try, which is the apple cider apple cider vinegar gummy and then the ashawanda. I'm pretty sure I'm mispronouncing it. Someone can tell me how to say it, pronounce it later, but uh, ash ashwagandha, I think it's called, uh, gummies too. One's blue, one's red. Well, one's in a blue bottle and one's in a red bottle. And I'm going to try that as soon as it comes. I'm not doing the apple cider vinegar one because I already tried that with the just regular apple cider vinegar bottle. Um, but I am going to try the ashwagandha gummy in the blue bottle. And it's supposed to promote calmness and sleep and then help with your uh, mental capacity. So that's a good one. I like when it helps me get smarter. <laughs> but... uh once I try them, I'll give you an update on those. But, uh, well, that was the three interesting things of the day. And we'll be right back after these messages. Welcome to Biblical Canceling with Dr. Vinci. Hello, Dr. Finchy. My name is Bob, and thank you for taking me in. For some reason, I, I can't sleep at night. And I turn all the lights off and I try to go to sleep, 
But then my mind races and I think about all of the things that happened during the day. And then it starts giving me anxiety and then I just can't get any sleep. So what do you think that I should do? Well, you see, Chuck, all you have to do is double mask. If you're only doing one mask, you have to do double. And to be extra safe, you can triple mask. And it's just common sense that if you triple mask, that it'll keep you triple safe. So that is my recommendation, and that should help you sleep at night. Dr. Finchie, my name is Bob, and how's that going to help me sleep at night? Alrighty, no more questions. Can we get the next person? I have a busy schedule. Yes, sir, Dr. Finchie. We'll get the next person right now. Come with me, sir. Here's the next person, Dr. Finchie. Hello, Dr. Finchie. My name is Sally, and I have bad anger issues. I think it stems from my parents verbally abusing me, and I try to not let myself get out of control, but when I do, I end up hurting the people I love. I have tried other counselors, and people I have talked to have recommended you. So, what do you think I should do about this problem? Well, Nora... All you have to do is get the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine in two doses. Don't get the Johnson & Johnson right now. So, it's a little problematic. But what you have to do is do get those vaccines or one of them, and it will make you virtually immune to the virus. But you'll still have the triple mask, and that should help you get a good relationship with your parents. Uh, doctor, my name is Sally, and... How will that help me with my anger issues? I'm sorry, I'm on a very limited schedule. So just do what I said and you should be fine. That was Biblical Cancelling with Dr. Finchie. Alrighty, welcome back. So like I said earlier, um, I wanted to talk about critical race theory. And this is a huge subject, so I'm not going to attempt to talk about everything. In fact, I just want to give a slight intro, and I'll probably pick up on it next week, as to why Christians shouldn't support critical race theory. Um, and critical race theory are one of the theories that sound good on the surface, but as soon as you dig more into it, it, it gets not good. And as Christians, we have to look at this and see if it lines up with God's word. Now, critical race theory at first teaches not to be racist. And I don't know about you, but I haven't met a Christian yet that says racism is good or that's racist in general. <laughs> so uh, Christians don't believe in racism. They don't support racism. So that's the first thing. So we already got that down. But before we jump into critical race theory, um, this is what the Bible says in Psalm 133.1. It says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell oh my gosh for brethren to dwell together in unity and the key word there's unity christians are supposed to support unity and being unified because as believers we shouldn't be bickering or fighting 
Uh, in fact, the Bible speaks against that. But um, Christians definitely support unity, togetherness. And that unity is under Jesus Christ. And what we don't support is like cliques, but certainly we're not supposed to support putting as soon as people get in the church, we separate people by race. And because if we were to do that, we would automatically create division because then the groups within the church, for example, would hang out with their own race and automatically divide. So uh, the next scripture is Galatians 3.28, which says, There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither bond nor free, there's neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. So once we get into church, we're not black, white, Chinese, Indian. We're none of those things, Mexican we're, uh, or Hispanic, whatever, whatever one. Um, once we enter the church, we're none of those things. In fact, I'll go as far to say that that doesn't matter anymore when we become a Christian. Because all that matters is Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Our identification is Jesus. So that's why it says there's neither Jew nor Greek, Jew or non-Jew, basically. We're not defined by race anymore. We're not grouped by race. Now, when I say this, I don't mean it's bad to know your heritage, know your ancestry. In fact, I want to do that myself, the ancestry.com. Um, it's not bad to know where you come from. But what is bad is when you put this color of your skin as a priority or make it more important than your faith in Christ. And in fact, when we get to heaven, when we get to heaven, there's not going to be any of that race stuff. There's not going to be, oh, this portion of heaven is for the black people. This portion of heaven is for the white people and etc. That's not going to happen. So we need to remember that race is not priority anymore. It's not as important as Jesus Christ is. So when you go to church or meet other Christians that you are either the same race or not the same race, that shouldn't be what you see. It's, oh, you're my brother in Christ. That's why we support the blood of Jesus, that, that the idea and the truth about it is that you're under, you're, you're covering and washing the blood. So am I. So we're, you know, of the same blood type of thing. We're united under him and his blood and his work of redemption and everything. So, um, so you got to keep that in mind. And critical race theory separates. It it automatically divides because one of which we're not going to talk about it on this uh, show today, probably next one, I don't know, because this is more of intro. But one of the things uh, critical race theory teaches 
is white privilege. And if you truly believed in white privilege, you're automatically going to get angry or upset with white people. And obviously, that's not biblical. And if you want to know, you know, a sneak preview of what right, white privilege is, and I'm, you can look it up, I, you know, yourself. But white privilege is the notion of myriad social advantages, benefits, and courtesies that come with being a member of the dominant race. For example, white people. So, um, that is just, that's just disgusting. Just to say stuff like that. Say that about any color, any race. To believe that one race, at least in the United States, one race literally because of their skin in general. Now you can talk about specific stories in specific instances. What I'm saying is that in the U.S., one specific race literally in every institution everywhere because of his skin automatically gets advantages, benefits, and courtesies. I It's just ridiculous, but... But we're not going to get into that yet. That'll be another show. But, but, uh, but before we even, we may even not get to all the ideas on for critical race theory. I, I just want to talk to you about some scriptures before we even get into it. We may not even get into any of the specifics yet until next week. Um, but let me ask you this question. Question. If a racist person came into your church, what would you do? Because what critical race theory promotes is, at least I've seen uh, on the news and everything, is that racism is the most evil thing you could do or be a racist or do racist actions, whatever. It's been placed as the number one quote-unquote sin above murder, lying, everything. And so let, let me ask you this, if you're listening. If a racist came into your church, what would you do? In fact, critical race theory promotes hatred of people who are racist. It's And you've already seen most likely on the news, people take a quote from someone from years ago. Well, it's basically called cancel culture, but they'll take, um, now I'm not saying every instance that it's not race, racism because obviously racism is still here. So when I'm talking about all this, I'm not saying racism doesn't exist. Obviously, racism exists. It's going to continue to exist until Jesus comes back and establishes his kingdom on the earth. And that's why uh, people who are shouting against racism, we're going to stop. People who put a faith in humanity that we're going to get rid of racism. Racism is never going to go away. Lying's never going to go away. Murder's never going to go away. Getting drunk's never going to go away. All these things are not going to go away 
because man's not perfect. Man's not perfect. And because of that, uh, there's still going to be sin and those actions, uh, actions of sin. They're going to continue to exist until Jesus does his thing and establishes his kingdom here. So people who are promoting laws, um, how should I say this? I don't want anyone to misunderstand me. I support laws against racism. Like if you go, this is the most simple example, but for example, if I go to Walmart wanting to get a job and they literally don't accept my application and say it's because you're brown, like I support laws against that, obviously. But when people talk about getting rid of racism and we're going to change all these, uh, we're going to start changing things in the schools, we're going to start changing things, yada, 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 and we're going to get rid of racism, it's not going to happen. You can't get rid of racism. We have to change, uh, again, I support laws against uh, that goes against racism and everything. Um, but what I do support too is our reaction as Christians. Forget the world because they're going to do their thing as Christians. We shouldn't hate anybody for any sin. We can hate the sin, but we can't hate anybody. And that's kind of what critical race theory kind of supports is if someone's racist, it's like, man, we got to get them out of where they are. We need to chase them out, throw them in jail. I am being extreme, but listen, that's what it kind of supports. And that's why I asked the question. If a racist came into your church, what would you do? Would you throw them out? Would you say, get out of here? And that's why the reason I asked that question is because that's why I'm talking about critical race theory on the show. Um, Because you're going to hear it more and more now, especially now that they're trying to, if not already, put it in the school system. And as a Christian, what would you do? What What do we do about racism? Before we even get into any ideas, which... We're not going to be able to, but if uh, we, we need to talk about how, as a Christian, we handle racism. And I'm, I'm going to talk about a story in the Bible that, and, and uh, next week, but I'm going to talk about a story in the Bible, how God dealt with Peter when he didn't want to deal with any Gentiles. He didn't want to deal with the Gentiles and and preach to them. And God had to deal with them on him on that. But did he kill him? Did he throw him in jail? Did he do that? No. He gave him revelation. And that's what will help with racism as a Christian is revelation. Now, uh, 
what 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 do we do? I asked the question. What would you have racist racist came into your church? Technically, biblically, we're supposed to love. We're supposed to love. And that's definitely what critical race theory doesn't teach is loving people, whether they're racist or not. We have to love and we have to preach the gospel. That's what we do. Uh, that's I believe I talked about it last week or a couple weeks ago about loving your enemies. Love your enemies. And um, And so... That's kind of two areas I want to do in the intro today, which is critical race theory divides and it doesn't teach love. And those are things that as Christians we believe in. And this is what it says in Colossians 3, 10 through 14. And I put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So again, we're not Mexican, white, blacks once we become Christian. We're in Christ, and Christ is all and in all. Anyways, point on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. You're not going to find that in critical race theory. You're definitely not going to find that. And it says forbear in there. What does forbear mean? To spare, to treat with indulgence and patience. And then forgiving. What does forgiving mean? It means to pardon, to remit as an offense or debt, to overlook an offense and treat the offender as not guilty. To treat or and treat the offender as not guilty. That is something that we all have to work on, actually. Not not just speaking with racism, but forgiving people and not just saying it. But the proof that you've forgiven someone, and I'm talking about in general, not talking about specifics, but in general, you know when you've forgiven someone, when you overlook the offense that they committed towards you, and you treat them as if they done nothing wrong to you, that they're not guilty. That's crazy. Um, I'll tell you what. That showing love... And praying for people that despitefully use you, believes says Matthew, that changes people. That definitely changes people. And that is something we need to learn. And that's definitely something critical race theory doesn't teach. To forgive and to show love to people, uh, especially people who are racist towards us, that doesn't it doesn't make sense to think about that to show love to someone who's racist and then to pray for them everything that doesn't make sense in the natural but spiritually it does make sense if that's what the truth is and that's what we're supposed to do as Christians and treat uh that as such 
Now, um, just in case you more you need more of what I'm talking about, Paul literally says it again in 1 Corinthians 1, 10 through 13. And I put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Jew, Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. <laughs> he says that type of phrase three times. There's neither Jew nor Greek. He makes it clear. Because if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, the people try to separate themselves into groups. And I don't have time to read the whole chapter, but uh, you could read it for yourself. Some people are saying, I'm a Paul. I'm of this person. I'm of that person. And Paul was trying to teach them unity. It's like, you can't think like that. And that's what critical race theory teaches uh, of groups of people, whites, blacks, whites, Chinese, like, separates people into groups and we don't support that as christians we support unity we support togetherness we support loving one another and forgiving one another and being patient with one another even if they get into racism or not now I'm not saying racism or any of the other sins are okay obviously not i'm not saying that but as as it's how we treat or how we handle these things and i i will get i i will get into the uh story of peter and what god did with him but i'm not gonna i I'll, i'm gonna start it but then i will pick up on it next week because this is a really cool story, and I think everyone needs to read this because, like I said at the very beginning, when Peter didn't want to have, when Peter didn't want to have anything to do with the non-Jew, what did God do? He gave him revelation. And once he got that revelation, then things changed. And it's actually um, Acts chapter 10. And um, I'm just going to, I'm going to talk about it for a second and then I'll pick up next week. I can't, I'm not going to read the whole story because I'm running out of time. I don't want to spend too long on this intro, but but there, there was a person named Cornelius that God was talking to him, and he wasn't a Jew. And God needed Peter to go over there. And Peter wouldn't, if God didn't give him revelation, 
Peter would not have gone over there to Cornelius' house. And God had to give him a vision, which he didn't understand at first, which when I'm explaining this, it's all going to make sense when I talk about the story next week. I'll read the whole story next week. Um, it's Acts chapter 10. But um, people don't change unless there's revelation. Christians don't change unless they get revelation. Uh, that's biblical, at least, from the word. And Peter had to get a revelation before he went to Cornelius' house. He went because God told him to, but then when he got there, he understood. I think he understood on the way or when he got there. And then he changed. So as a Christian, you can shout at someone that's racist and say, quit being racist, stop being racist. But that's why the Bible says to pray for people, pray for those that despitefully use you, pray for people. Because again, you can shout at people all you want, get mad at them, yada, yada, yada. But once they get a revelation, that's when change happens. And that's what happened to Peter. And so I'm going to stop right there because I don't want to take too long. Um, and I'll pick up next week. Uh, I'll pick up on some. Um, I will be back tomorrow with some uh, some news. <laughs> but next week was is when I will pick up on um, critical race theory and deconstructing it and showing you how we can't think that way, which you'll, it'll make sense next week. But. All right, God bless you guys, and have an awesome day.